What's good, family? We know you're enjoying today's episode of New New Magodcast with none other than Norman Brown, the professor. But we had to interrupt briefly to tell you about Norman's latest book. Recently, with all that's been happening with the pandemic, many have had questions. And in May 2020, Norman was hospitalized for nine days with COVID-19. When he came out of the hospital, he came out with a powerful testimony of how God saved him from death and his inspiration to write his newest book, Covert COVID-19, An Attack on Kingdom Agendas. Now, in this book, he shares his personal story of how he was attacked by the spirit that causes this virus as he declared war while he was writing this book, but he overcame it through faith, prayer, and fasting. In the book, he shares the revelation that God gave him about how this virus affected and exposed certain things about the church at large, which are necessary for believers to understand what's going on and this new thing God is doing in the earth. His book is available for download today on Amazon, so get your copy today. Hey, New Numa family, this is Britt Eaton. You're listening to the New Numa Godcast. I love listening to my brother Norman, the Professor Brown, because he never shies away from topics most of the church won't even touch. If this is your first time listening, make sure you subscribe on your favorite podcast platform and on the YouTube channel today. You are tuned in to the New Numa Godcast, hosted by Norman Brown, a.k.a. Professor, where we address the taboo from a biblical view. Our podcast is all about real talk with new life. And quite frankly, you'll either love it or you won't. Because we deal with tough topics that the church rarely touches. Somebody's got to do it. And that's why we exist. So just sit back, chill, and enjoy the ride. Because it's going to be good. Peace. What's good, family? You listening to the New Number Podcast. And today, we're getting ready to get into part two of my interview with Jafia Life. Um, the last time, if y'all listened to the last one, you already know it was getting it was getting to be really good. It was fire. Hey, this is Katie Waters. You're listening to New Numa Podcast. Tune in every week for a new podcast and make sure you subscribe. And all we're going to do is just continue on from there in this interview and just keep that same energy going. So, first of all, I just want to welcome Jafia Life to the show once again. What's up? What's good, Jafia? Hey, man, I'm living. I'm living. I'm here with you. So, you know, hey, no yeah. doubt, no doubt, no doubt. So, the last time, uh, one of the things that we had talked about that I wanted to um, go back to and revisit was when you were talking about being an artist. And um, mm-hmm. and you were basically saying, I'm not saying I don't call myself a Christian hip-hop artist or whatever. I'm just an artist, and I touch on different subjects and stuff like that. So just out of curiosity, because I'm sure you've probably heard of other Christian rappers or rappers that are Christians um, who said something similar to that. But it seemed like when those other rappers said that, they were really basically trying to say, you know, um, I could do whatever I want, uh, but, yeah, I'm a Christian, you know, something like that. It was almost like 
they they didn't want to have, I guess, the responsibility of of having that type of I don't know if I would call it a label title, whatever you want to call it, to follow them. But they just wanted to, you know, be able to rap about whatever and then um and then have people know that they uh are serving Jesus Christ. So I just want to know, like, from your perspective, how when when you are, I guess, when people refer to you, and um, let's just say they only know you as the rapper, um, what are they thinking about you as a artist? As far as like, how do they refer to you? Like, let's just say, I don't know. Let's say you were on, um, you know, some. I'm going to call it a secular platform. And they were just like they started asking, so so what do you how do you categorize yourself? What would be your answer to that? Man, I'm 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 so glad you asked that. I think it's so much clarity that <clears throat> needs to be added to, you know, those perspectives when people say that. So yeah, I mean I would just tell them I do hip hop. That would be my you know, my first go to in terms of describing my music because I rap, you know. I mean, I was singing before I was rapping, but, you know, hip-hop is the culture that I come from. So, you know, and, uh, you know, the art form that, you know, gave me a voice in terms of being able to display how I felt creatively, um, poetically through rhyme, you know, so... I mean, I would say that's what you do if you rap, you do hip-hop. I mean, you have different types of rap or different types of hip-hop, I guess. But, you know, I think that, you know, the first thing I would say is, you know, I do hip-hop. I mean, I'm assuming that – I'm assuming they would know that. But then again, I've been on those types of shows, and they would ask me – they would ask me that question because they were more familiar like the ones that are more tapped in with my music, they would ask like, so what, how do you define yourself? Cause you know, it's, it's a whole community, you know, called Christian rap. So people quite naturally may think that that's what you do because most rappers who are, you know, most people who are um, upfront about their faith and they rap too, most of them do Christian rap. So I think that, you know, some people may want me to tell them if, they, if they've never heard me explain it before. But yeah, just off the off the rip, I would just tell them I just I define my my music and my art is just hip hop. Okay, so basically, if I were to put it in the words that I'm that I'm feeling at this moment, I would say, okay, so you're an artist that has a Christian perspective, and you express yourself through hip-hop that sounds about right i mean sure yeah i mean if okay but here's the thing i mean if, if that's how they want to if they can spin it however they want to spin it like because the thing is people i'll tell people what i'm telling you now and they'll still say you know i do christian hip-hop to them so it's fine if they say that i'm just telling them I don't define my music that way. So it just, and just to answer your question directly, it's, it's really dependent on the, the topic of the song and the subject matter and, you know, the overarching theme of the project. You know, I may do a whole project that has nothing to do with the gospel. Like, it just has, like, my, like see, this is the thing. 
when most Christian, that's why I have to tell people I don't do Christian hip hop as well, because by my close estimation, I think that most Christian hip hop artists they go into the studio saying, "Hey, let me come up with a good Christian rap song." Or let me come up with a good song that's about the gospel. Let me come up with a good song that's where I'm sharing the gospel. When I go in the studio, that's not my agenda. I'm not going in the studio saying, hey, let me come up with a cool song or a dope song that presents the gospel. I'm going in the studio to do whatever kind of song is on my heart and on my mind at that time. Within the confines of my faith, though. So I would tell people, I don't do anything that's against what I believe. So Within that, within that, you know, that space, you can kind of make songs about different subjects. And as long as the content for me, and I look at the, I look at other artists too this way that are Christians. My my criteria for them is similar as it is for me. They can kind of make Christian rap if they want. They can make hip hop if they want. As long as I know that you're a believer first, then I can trust whatever kind of song you make. In my mind. Yeah. So it's like whatever yeah. whatever you if you go into the studio and say, Hey, I wanna come up with a song about my mom, I don't I'm not gonna be in the studio with you saying, Well what where's the gospel? The song is not yeah. about the gospel. <laughs> like and that's the thing, like that's why I say I don't do Christian hip hop because Christian hip hop is about the gospel. So that doesn't mean that I'm against the gospel or against songs about the gospel. I make those type of songs. That's yeah. just not my, my my music isn't just defined by that though. Yeah, like, that's not the def, that's not how you frame my music though. Like there's artists where you can frame their music based on that. Like that's the okay. framework of their music, and I think that's beautiful. Those artists are friends of mine. A lot of those artists are friends of mine. We just don't make the same type of music. Like when I go into the studio, it's much more. Um, of an expression of creativity for me as well. It's much, it's it's much more attached to art to me. So you know, I paint too. So I, when I go into, when I'm, you know, when I go, when I go to get paint supplies and canvases, I don't really come home and say, hey, let me figure out how I can paint the best cross, or how I can paint the best angel, or how I can paint the best church steeple, or I don't, you know what I'm saying, I don't do that. Like, if I, if God put that, if that's the, the desire that I have to express at that moment, then I will paint a church steeple. But I don't think that that's a requirement for me because I'm a Christian. Like, like I think that a lot of Christians have no idea about art, and they're telling artists how to paint when they've never painted. So it's like yeah. they should leave that conversation alone, honestly. Because they don't know about it. So it's like if you have if if that's the if that's the if that's if that's the personal conviction from the Holy Spirit that you have to say, Hey, this is my personal conviction to go in the studio and make gosh and make songs that have make dope songs that have gospel presentations, I'm there for it. I'll sit in the studio with you. Like, you know what I'm saying? And I've I've been on those kinds of albums. Like, I've been on those types of songs featured, you know? So, you know, it doesn't bother me. I don't have, a, I don't have any hang-ups on my, bro, my brothers or sisters in Christ that are artists 
what kind of songs they make. I don't care. I don't care if they call their music Christian music or gospel music. It doesn't. That doesn't excite me. I think that excites certain people, and that's fine. I think that if that's something that excites them, that's cool. I think if they get excited for new Christian hip-hop, that's beautiful. I think that's amazing. I think that's fantastic. I just say that, you know, that's not what I do. And I'm not even saying, hey, that's not what I do. Please like what I do. No, I'm saying that's not what I do, whether you like it or not. (laughs) That's just not what I do. So, you know, I just have more free reign in terms of my subject matter, you know. So that's it's I, like I was talking, I just I just started a podcast. We we did our first episode. I have a female co-host, have a woman co-host. Um, you know, she's a she's a she's a believer. She's a she's a and she's also a professor of religion. And um, she was we were talking about, you know, not on the, like not, you know, off record. Like we weren't recording. We were talking about how like just the continuum. In this terms, in terms of like, you know, how you have, how you have um, different parts of your life that are attached to, you know, just you as a Christian. Like you have other elements outside of church life that you have that are part of your real life. That a lot of Christians, we never, I never hear those sides of those Christians. I never hear those stories. So the kind of like, so my thing is. Christian rap doesn't even make the kind of music that I grew up on. It doesn't even provide that for me. It doesn't give me those stories. Like, I grew up listening to, you know, people People say, oh, you, yo, your music, when I first heard your first album, you know, um, Life, you, you, it reminded me of Mob Deep when I heard Pages of Life on Nas or Black Thought and the Roots or, you know, different people. And I'm like, well, you know, that's the music I grew up on. Like I grew up over here in stories. Those music, that music inspired me. You know, I don't know what type of hip hop inspired Christian rappers. I don't know. Like if they, I'm assuming they like Mob Deep like me too. I like I like Scarface and Ghetto Boys and N.W.A. and you know I like all different De La Soul. I'm sure they probably like that. You know, it's like a lot of nerdy rap and Christian rap. And I'm, that's not no shade because I'm a nerd. Like I'm a nerd that just was in the neighborhood. You know what I mean? So I'm a I'm a nerdy kind of guy. Like I'm an artsy nerdy guy. You know, like I'm not like a dumb thug, like a dumb rapper. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Like I feel like, you know, art is intellectual. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I feel like I feel like the Bible is intellectual. I feel like Christians are intellectual. You know what I'm saying? So the, the uh-huh. black church is the black church is intellectual. So we have these different pockets of where we how we express ourselves in different spaces and time. And I feel like we should be able to do that because we all benefit from that. I was real quick, I was telling somebody, I said I said, think about it like this maybe. I said, when you think about Christ himself, when you think about Christian hip hop in and of itself, or Christians who rap, right? So either side that you put me on or them on, I said the same you can find in Christ. I said, think about it. I said, when you think about Christ, he had one side of him that was, like, very direct about the gospel. Like, I am the way. Like, right, it was just straight up and down. Like, very defined, right? And then he had other things where he was very much more parabolistic. And I think that those two sides of Christ represent Christian hip-hop and hip-hop artists who are Christian. Both sides are in Christ. 
But we think that, oh, so if you don't do Christian hip-hop, you're not even in Christ. You're in the world unless you say you do Christian hip-hop. So, and I've come to challenge that, you know. So, you know, like, <laughs> like I feel like I got a great case built for it, you know, and it doesn't mean that I'm against, I'm trying, I'm coming against Christian hip-hop. I'm coming against the notion, like, is this a beautiful art form? I feel like that I've benefited from Christian hip-hop as a, as a listener, you know, and having those people in my life even, so as friends. So, you know, I, my challenge is to the people who really are not just the artists but the fans because the fans of Christian hip-hop, I feel like a, a lot of times really carry these ideologies more than the actual artists do. You know, so, you know, it, it, they go extreme with it, like the fans a lot of times. So my thing is, if you think that faith is attached to genre, we ain't got nothing to really discuss. It'll be a, we'll be going in circles the whole conversation. You know, so that's my thing. Yeah. I don't attach, I don't attach genre and faith together. I believe that I can be a Christian and I can do hip hop, or I can be like some of my friends and be much more direct and specific in my music and say, I'm going to do a, like Christian hip hop. My subject matter is going to be more focused on theology even, you know, so, and I think that's great. You know, either way you dice it. If I stop rapping tomorrow, this, like, this is bigger than me. Like this, my thinking on this is bigger than me. If I stop making music today, I still feel this way about any new artist that tells me that they're a Christian. If they say, hey, man, I'm thinking about just saying, you know, I do hip-hop and just go in that direction, and I would have conversations with them and say, you know, do I see that? I, do I feel like there's somebody who I feel like their first priority is their relationship with Christ and understanding them through the scriptures and, you know, other things? And if that's the thing that they're most concerned about in their life as a believer, I feel comfortable releasing them into the wild, <laughs> like just saying, like, hey, listen, you know, be, stay connected, definitely stay connected to other believers, you know, um, let me rock with you, you know, and, and, and do your thing, you know. I mean, because that's how I came in the game. I came in the game as a hip-hop artist. Like, every, everything that Christian Rat was saying that you can't do, I did on my first album. Like, they were saying, like, the world is not going to accept you. First of all, I don't even believe the world accepted me. But hip-hop culture is not going to rock with your music because of your faith and your beliefs. And I defied that with my first project. So it's kind of, hmm. yeah. Well, um, I definitely uh, get your point, bro. And um, I think that a lot of people, in, a, in many ways, they just try to box people in. They try to put them in a box and say, this is where you are. And I'm a fellow artist. I'm not a rapper. I'm a poet. But I understand what you're talking about because I've written poems that have nothing to do with Christ, but I wrote them because of my artistic side, just wanting to write something about a certain subject or whatever. And then I mm -hmm. just want to, you know, put it in the rhymes or whatever. So, um, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. But, uh, and, then look, and then think about it. Think about how many artists who came after me and were saying, 
oh, I don't do Christian rap, like you were saying. Like, that's because they suppress themselves. They suppress, they suppress themselves creatively. They suppress yeah. themselves creatively for so many years that, you know, they've been wanting to make those type of records probably. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, or some of them probably, I know some of them that told me they, they made records like that and just never put, like, years ago and never put them out. They couldn't yeah. put them out because of, because of their fan base, you know, the Christian rap fan base, you know. So I feel like the Christian rap fan base is steeped in, like, I feel like white church culture. I'm be real with you. <laughs> like, that's just uh-huh. how I feel about it. I feel like it's, I feel like it's, it feels like colonization to me. Like, that's how okay. it feels to me. You know what I'm saying? Because I feel like they pull from white Christian ideals in terms of how you even have to make music. And then who, the further you go in, like, let's say I say, I'm going to do Christian rap, right? The bigger I get in Christian rap and, you know, the bigger you get, what's the, what's, what's the, What's the measuring rod? Like, the bigger you get in Christian rap is, like, what you're going to be performing at, like, big white churches? Like, well, think of the biggest artists who do, say they do CHH. Where are their biggest concerts? The biggest. In all ones. honesty. I'm not, talking about, I'm not talking about the Lecrae's and all that. I'm talking about people I mean, kind of, like, after him, like, under him. Well, in all honesty, man, I don't know where they go because I don't. I've never been in any of those places, so <laughs> I'm not sure. Like, if well, they go to certain. I mean, I can yeah. tell you, like that, because cause, I mean, I had my second my second record deal came through a label, a white a white late a white Christian label in Nashville. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. So it's like, like, so I could tell you like a lot of like what it looks like to be at the the height of that side, like, where you're going to be. You know what I mean? So it's like if that's, yeah. where, if that's where you want to go, cool. If that's, if that's, if that's where you want to go, cool. Just, just know that there's a ceiling there, and, and you can be fine with that ceiling, and you can live comfortably underneath that ceiling, or you're going to make a decision and break that ceiling. But the only thing in my estimation that breaks that ceiling is, is like, Going, you have to go against that ceiling. Yeah, kind of like yeah, I feel you. Like you have to go against that ceiling to break it, break through that glass ceiling. Yeah, so so that's that's kind of what he did. So I think that uh, one of the things that I'm I'm going to try to speak for what I think that a lot of people out here are maybe the most concerned about or maybe even you could say fearful of uh-huh. is is that when a person speaks in that way to them, it almost sounds like they're trying to disassociate themselves from Christians. So they're trying to say something like so that they will be more accepted by people that are not Christians. Now, here's the thing. Um, mm-hmm. One of the things that I've seen, and I'm not, this is definitely not to say this is across the board with all uh, specifically hip-hop artists that are Christians, um, but the ones that, what I've seen in certain cases is that 
it seems like people will start compromising. And I've heard mm-hmm. some some rappers who at one point in time were calling themselves Christians or Christian mm-hmm. rappers rather. But then mm-hmm. when they started this whole thing about they're not a Christian rapper, then it seemed like mm-hmm. now they were compromising. And now they were talking stuff like you ask them a question like, is homosexuality wrong? And they're like, I don't know. And I'm like, right. what? Or is is abortion against God's uh, will or whatever? Oh, I don't know. I mean, I don't know what the Bible says about that, you know, or something, you know, things that are just like, are you kidding me? Are you really kidding me now? So now you're going to act like you don't know what the Bible says because you're in this platform where people Uh are accepting you, and now you think that, okay, you've arrived or whatever, and you want to be accepted by them. So that's where I think that... When you're talking about a lot of Christians out here, I think that that's Mm -hmm. what they're really mostly concerned about when they hear a statement like that. Because think about it. If you listen to, I'm just going to put a name out there, Kurt Franklin, for instance. Mm -hmm. You're not going to ever, I don't think at least, you probably will never hear Kurt Franklin say, yeah, I'm a singer. That happens to be a Christian. He might say that, he may not. But I think he'll probably always be, you know, call himself a, a gospel singer or whatever he, whatever term he's using nowadays. Um, mm-hmm. That's what he'll be known as, and that's what people will see him as. But if we were to be, I mean, if we were to be technical, a person is what they are before you talk about the faith that they have. In other mm-hmm. words, I'm a painter, whether I'm a Christian or not, I'm a painter. I'm mm-hmm. a carpenter, mm-hmm. whether I'm a Christian or not. I don't need to make crosses to be a Christian carpenter. <laughs> you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like, so I, that's where I see your point about what you're saying about being an artist. I mean, I wrote, like I said, I've written poems that, you know, um, they had nothing in them about Christ, but they were ill poem, and it was like, you know, you like if you like this, if you like poetry, you like artistry, then you would have liked the poem. You know what I'm saying? So, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. anyway, that's one of those things where it's like it can it can in some cases get a little sticky or whatever. But it just depends on who it is that's making the statement and what they really mean by that and what is their point. So, like, I'll give mm-hmm. you a good example of something that um that back in the day because I didn't know about this type of belief, I was listening to songs by uh, Brand Nubian, and um, and I was all into what they were talking about and everything. I knew all their the, the rhymes and whatnot. And then there came a point in time where I finally realized what they were talking about. And then I was like, oh, wow. I can't even... Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, and it was like, I'm not, and, and 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 just to not get it twisted for anybody who's listening, I'm not saying what I'm about to say to say, oh, I'm, you know, I'm always listening to Brand Nubian now, anything like that either. But there came a point in time where, you know, I have like nostalgic moments and I might be listening or I heard something and then I'm like, you know, kind of rhyming with them or whatever and the song that I'm hearing but then I started realizing, oh, wait a minute. I remember this part is talking about something that I, I'm not down with. I ain't cool with that or whatever. You know, this is going against God. This is saying something against 
Jesus or whatever. And and then that's when I realized, okay, so these are five percenters, and they speak it on their faith, what they believe mm-hmm. and how they think. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. the bottom line is they might not have, and, and sometimes they brought it out, sometimes they didn't. But a lot of times whenever they were rhyming, somehow they would slip in some kind of 5% stuff. <laughs> mm-hmm. And now mm-hmm. now that I know what 5%ers believe, for the most part, now I can pick those, those things up if I was listening to a song and I happened to hear something, you know. And I remember, I mean, even like somebody like Erica Badu, I was listening mm-hmm. to her one time on one of her songs, and, and then she was like, um, I think she said something like, uh, three three dollars and six dimes or something like that or whatever and i was like oh wow and then i realized she was talking about some five percent stuff because he was saying mm-hmm. 360 degrees and i was like whoa i didn't even mm-hmm. know that so right. the bottom line is what i'm trying to bring out is that and this is where it's like people like yourself like you were saying earlier you have a boundary you have confinements of you will not go outside of certain confines. You know that you are a believer, you follow Jesus, but just because your rhyme is not about Jesus doesn't mean you're going to compromise on it and start saying stuff that doesn't represent Christ. Mm-hmm. Right. So, so that was the thing that, um, that I realized about, you know, um, what I was listening to at that time. And now I, and I see as far as the one side where people are thinking, okay, when people start saying stuff like that, are they trying to disassociate themselves from something or, or what? Like what is the real reason why they're doing it? But in your case, I can understand and I see where you're coming from. And I was, and like I brought up earlier, cause I was going to say this one earlier when you said it about the carpenter. You're not going to say a person is not a Christian carpenter just because they're not making crosses or something, or they're not making some Jesus replicas or whatever. You know what I mean? Just whatever. It's not about what they make with their abilities and whatnot. It's about, you know, ultimately, you know, how they are, you know, part of the furtherance of the kingdom of God. But that doesn't mean that, okay, if I'm a lawyer, I'm going to be only supporting Christian law cases that come to me about their accidents or something like that. Like I only deal with Christian accidents. You know what I'm saying? Like that's just silly. So mm-hmm. I definitely, you know, follow you with what you're saying on that. Um, oh, so God. anyway, so let's, let's, let's um, go on to another thing that I wanted to ask you about. I want to know where did the name Jafiah life come from? <laughs> man I mean you know it it came actually it came from when I was when I was a teenager like I used to come in the house I I had got a I started I started staying with my grandparents on my um on my father's side so when I started staying over there you know, my, my grandparent, my grandfather, you know, he had a lot of books, a lot of documentaries, and, you know, so I used to come in the house later because I was staying with them. So they was a little more lax on me, you know, 
my parents was like, when I was a teenager, they was like, you got to be in by a certain time. We're not giving you no key because then you won't try to come in when you want to. So at my grand grandparents' house, I had a key. They kind of was like, yo, as long as you, you know, make it home safe, you know, just get here, you know, when you get here. And I used to come in the house high, <laughs> right? You know, uh, and I would and I would go right to the books that they had. So one of the books that they had was um it was a book of biblical names. So Jafai is actually a biblical name. It's actually a Hebrew name. So when you look in the when I looked in the uh when I looked in the book of biblical names, you know, my real name is James. So like I went, you know, quite naturally I went straight to the J's. You know, so I'm looking through them, and I got to Jafai, and I saw what it meant, and it meant it meant sunshine or like to shine a light, you know. And I was really in a dark place at that time, you know. I was really in a time in a place of transition. I felt like my life needed to change, you know. And but I was still living, you know, just living in in sin, you know. what I mean, just and not really knowing how to get out of it in my own strength, you know? So when I saw the meaning of that name, it kind of stuck with me. And I was like, oh, you know, if I ever have a son one day, you know, maybe I'll name, name Jafai or whatever. So a lot of people used to call me, you know, life or say I talked about my life and my music a lot, you know, before I was even really recording. Like, well, when I first started recording, you know, um, and then one day I was at, you know, we was working on Pages of Life, and my first album, and I was at Jude Gavin, the architect's house, and we was recording. And uh, I said, I need a name. I said, I got to have, like, a name or whatever. And I had told, so, so Jude was like, yo, why don't, you, why don't you use that name you told me? I said, what name? He's like, Jafai. I said, he was like, why don't you take that and put, I said, I need, like, a first and a last name. I wanted to be like a first and a last name, like a new start for me. Like how my real first and last name, I want to have like a, I'm not going to get my name changed like like down at City Hall, <laughs> but I want like yeah. a new name, like to represent me going, moving forward, just creatively. Like a first and a last name, something unique though. And he was like, why don't you just put your fire and life together? And I was like, no, nah. I was like, I don't like that. I was like, I don't like that. I was like, I'm not feeling that. And the girl that was in the studio singing on a hook for me, she was like, um, she was like, no, I like that. She was like, yeah. She was like, and you know, us as women, we buy albums. <laughs> she was like, I think that'll be real catchy. She was like, that name Jafaya is dope. She was like, and I like what it means. She said Jafaya life. She was like, that's kind of cool. And I was like, oh, well, I guess that's my name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess so that's how I got the name. Wow, that's what's up, though. I like the name, too, man. I, I thought it was, when I first heard it, I thought it was a cool name, too. And um, But, you know, one of the things about you and about your music, man, that really, really resonated with me is that, like, so I don't say this, I, I don't think I've ever said this actually publicly, but um, I've imagined that, I kind of know what way I would have gone in in certain things had I not been a born again believer. And um but one of the things that I feel like is that some type of connection 
in the streets would have been probably something I would have followed into um, in some kind of way because of my personality. But one of the things that because of that type of mindset or I guess you could say personality that I have, it's like I'm really drawn to your style of music, your the way that you – what you're talking about, how you're talking about it, whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just that that's the kind of music that I like. And that's why, like, you know, like I was talking about earlier um, with the um, – and by the way, you had some background noise I just wanted to let you know about. But um, still, right now, yeah, I was I was hearing some stuff moving around. Yeah, so um, how about how about now though? No, I don't hear anything now. All right, cool. So, um, so one of the things that I was, uh, like I said, I I when I talked about how back in the day, like it sounded like you and I were listening to the same people when we were listening to hip hop back in the nineties and stuff. I I was definitely on Nas, Mob Deep, Biggie, you know, Wu Tang, all of them. You know what I'm saying? It was just that was that was my flavor. You know, if I'm listening to something, I was listening to them. And um but it's like one of the things that I always felt like and this is the reason why like it was only certain people there's only certain people and I kinda mentioned it I did mention this the last time we talked. But there's only certain people that I would even back back when that I would even let somebody listen to that was not a Christian because I wanted to show them how you can be a Christian and not be corny, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Or you could be a Christian and still, you know, you be thorough or whatever, you know what I'm saying? And so, and I'm specifically talking about men because women, you know, they don't, I don't think they think like that in a sense, but men, when I'm speaking to men, it's like, I wanted to show them, yo, first of all, you're not going to not be a man or you're not going to become a punk because you're a Christian. Number one, number two, that you can still be thorough. You still be, you know what I'm saying? Um, you know, uh, a certain kind of way where you don't let people get over on you. You're not a pushover, whatever type of thing. But at the same time, uh, it was like it's hard. It was hard for me to find artists like that that I would be willing to let a non-Christian listen to, because it, to be honest, I saw and heard so many whack so-called Christian rappers, and I didn't like that they weren't representing well at all, and whether it be their music or their lyrics. Because it could be the beat or the lyrics or both together, they weren't representing Jesus the way that they should have. And the one thing that I always appreciated about you is that you always had good beats, and your lyrical flow is like flawless to me. And so that's something I respect. Wow. I, I respect. Flawless. I respect that's the lyrical flow. Yeah, man. Like you know, the thing about it is like you have a certain you know your your cadence is always on point. Let me say it like that. You got your cadence, your your flow is just exact. You know what I'm saying? And it's like Man. it ain't like you used you you offbeat or anything with your rhyme or whatever. And I've never ever heard that in any of your songs. And so 
that's why one of the reasons why when I was trying to present somebody some some music that was, you know, from a Christian, but I knew that it was something that they would like, that's when I presented them your music. And I was like, yo, check this out. And when the guy heard it, he was going crazy over it. He was like, yo, is this through the Christian? I was like, <laughs> yeah. He was like, yo, this is hard. And, you know, he was just really getting amped about the music because he couldn't believe it was a it was a Christian who was rapping and you sounded hard. He was like, this is hard. The beat is hard. His lyrics are hard. You know, that's how he was talking. And I was yeah. like, yeah, I know. I said, yeah, I know. I will only put you on the stuff like that. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's what I yeah. get down with. So yeah, I appreciate it, man. Yeah, no doubt, man. So, um, so the thing about it is, you know, the representation, um, like, like I say this a lot, man. It was like in '97. That's when certain things changed for me, where I get, I came to a point where I was just disgusted with Christian music, and I was just tired of feeling like it's it's corny. But because of me understanding certain things about what the message is, I would allow myself to listen to some of those songs that I would never let a, a person in the world listen to because I knew that a person in the world would laugh at it. But for me, I was like, okay, I'll listen to it only because I know what it is, I know what the message is, and I can kind of, you know, bear through it, it's not going to completely turn me off or whatever. But I was not yeah. happy with it. You feel me? So yeah. I was I looking for... That, uh... Yeah, yeah. No, go ahead. No, I was going to say, I think a lot of it, too, for me, has been, you know, I think people, people, people wanted the world to feel like Christian rap wasn't whack. So because I rap and I'm Christian and they thought I wasn't whack, they would be like, see, look, we told you. Like, look, Jafia, we got him. He, we told you Christian rap is not whack. And I'm not saying that people who do Christian rap that was before me, whoever was was whack. I'm just saying they, I think a no. lot of times for me, for me, people used me as a representation to prove to people that Christian rap isn't whack. And I feel like that kind of placed me in a in a box for a lot of people you know what i'm saying i think that that you know because i never said i did christian rap like people were telling people yeah. i did christian rap when i never said i did that but that was because they wanted a good representation of some dope christian rap so it was like here i come an album that's like you can get it on vinyl it's in record shops just like other records around the country around the world you know what I'm saying? It's 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 uh it's like you know it's like in the in the space of hip hop, but it's like you can say here's like this is like dope uh, a dope artistic presentation, and he's a Christian, so they would just take that and try to use that to build their case for Christian rap, and I feel like that was very unfair, but I I think people meant well. Like I don't want to blame people too too much because I don't think they knew my convictions or my where I placed myself even. 
maybe. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So I don't want to just assume that everybody just knew where I stood artistically in my own mind. But I do think yeah. that a, a, lot of, a lot of people having an issue with an artist like myself saying I don't do Christian rap is because they've heard so many other Christians tell them that I do Christian rap. Yeah. So it's like when I come and say I don't, it's like, well, that's all we've ever known in our mind that you did. We assumed that you thought you did that too. Yeah. And I'm like, no, I never made up those. I never put myself in those confines. I never framed my music in that way. I said, in fact, I've been vocal in the opposite from my first album, you know, which is another reason why it's it's a little bothersome sometimes when people try to say things like, you know, <laughs> like if I say I don't, if they hear me say I don't do Christian rap, they'll say like, oh, you trying to be like Lecrae in them? I'm like, what? I'm like, I was saying mm. I don't do Christian rap on my first project. Yeah. Like, they, they did a bunch of Christian rap albums and, you know, was able to, like, get that white Christian audience and then switched over to say they don't do that. No, I say, I, I said I don't do Christian rap for my first retail release. Yeah. Like, it didn't even come out in the Christian world. Like, nothing about that release came out in the Christian world. I wasn't even on a Christian label. I had a deal. That that album came out on the same record label as artists like, you know, Rise Kai's and Dilated Peoples and, you know, those are like MF Doom. Like, you know, that was my label mate. You know, so like yeah. I say, so yeah, it's just, that's just where I was. I wasn't in a Christian rap space when I did my first album, not when I recorded it, not when I released how it came out through that label, not the places it was sent to. Like it, it like it came out on CD tape and vinyl and none of it was sent to any Christian distrib Like it didn't come out through a Christian distributor. It came out through a regular rap hip hop distributor, an underground hip hop distributor. Hmm. That's that's why you people still tell me to this day, you know, they still got, like, record shops in other countries. Like, you know, and people message me and email me and tell me, yo, like, I, or tweet me or, you know, whatever on Facebook or however they contact me. They'll tell me for years. They tell me, yeah, I just, I just, I just saw your, your, your album on vinyl in Australia. <laughs> like, I saw, oh, okay. I, just your, I just bought your album on vinyl from Germany. Mm. You know what I mean? So it wasn't in yeah. a Christian rap gospel space when I came out. And I, and people say, oh, yeah, well, of course it didn't because, you know, that was your first project and you wasn't Christian then. No, yes, I was. I was fully <laughs> Christian and a believer when that first project came out. Yeah. Like, when I, that's why I'm telling people, me as a Christian and a creative when my first project was being worked on, I wasn't going in the studio trying to figure out how I can make a dope Christian rap album. I wasn't trying to go and make, hey, can I, how can I make a dope gospel rap album? No. That wasn't even in my, those, those concepts, I knew that gospel rap existed, and I knew that Christian rap existed, and I was even starting to meet some of those guys. But 
that those those terms weren't really a part of my ecosystem, even as a Christian when it came to rap. You know, so it, it just wasn't Christian rap. That wasn't a, a term that was a part of my ecosystem when, in terms of cre- the creative space that I lived in, um, and you know, so it was no it was no point of reference for me personally. It was a point of reference for me that I knew it existed, and that I heard some of it, but it, ne- it didn't. When I even when I heard it, and I heard some stuff that was good, it didn't make me say, "Oh, I want to do Christian rap." Yeah, it it just made me say I want to I want to ex- make a dope hip hop album and ex- expose the world to how I feel about what's happening right now in this world. Yeah, I feel you, man. Well, um, so at this point, how many albums do you have out there now? Um, uh, let's go through them. I mean, you got Pages of Life. You got you got Hell's Diary. You got Fountain of Life, you got Nazareth, you got um, West South, what we at, five? What, Pages of Life, Hell's Diary, Fountain of Life, Nazareth, Hell's Diary, The Prophet, Welcome to Hartsville. Was that seven? Yeah. And a bunch of, like, mixtapes that came out, like, in between here, like, early. Yeah. Wow. So, um, have you been like, um, I know like with the pandemic going on and whatnot, a lot of people have been affected, um, by that. So what is it like right now for you as far as like, um, as an artist, like how are you sharing or I don't know, still keeping a, a connection with your audience? Um, you know, for me, it's basically been a lot of stuff on on social media, honestly, like in terms of just talking to people online, you know, um, you know, just whether it be in my inbox and in my DM and the comments, um, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, um, you know, I mean, and, and that's been that's been the main thing, but I've been kind of being low because I'm actually in the studio, you know, finishing up my new album. So it's like, you know, I and, and you know, my album got postponed because of COVID, because of the yeah. pandemic. You know, so I'm I'm kind of now that the studio is back open. Like I'm back in the studio. I'm going in the studio tomorrow night. Like tonight, when I get off the phone with you, I'm going to Jude, the, the dude who did produce my first uh, album, Pages of Life, Jude. Um, the architect. So I'm going to his crib and we're going to work on some artwork for, for the new music that's coming out. So tonight, that's my whole focus is working on artwork. Um, you know, and to, then tomorrow night, I'm going into the studio to record and finish up some songs. So yeah, that's that's kind of, I've kind of been like, you know, I, I, I stay connected to the fans as much as I can, but I mean, I feel like my, my, my connection to my fans is my music. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's like as long as as long as they know I'm making music, as long as they know I'm creating and I'm cooking up, I think they're good. As long as I tap in online and let them know and show them photos of me in the studio, some and, you know, and me, you know, moving around, like they just want to know that I'm I'm working. 
Like, they just want to know I'm working. That's all they care about. Like, and, and I'm not saying, like, that in a bad way. That I think they – a lot of my fans do care about – I think a lot of my fans actually do care about me as a person. You know what I'm saying? But I, I feel like, you know, their connection to me is music. So, like, yeah. well, as long as they know I'm making some music, they're like, all right, go ahead. We, 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 we'll let you, you know, go ahead and do your thing. And we trust when you come back with that project that it's going to be good. So – you know, that's, so, that's, that's um, so one of the things that uh, a lot of times with artists, you know, I know you've heard the term starving artists, right? So um, mm-hmm. a lot of times what I've seen is that a lot of artists, unless they are on a certain whatever you want to call it, level, plateau, whatever, um, they're not able to just live off of their art. Um, what would you say is your, you know, ability, well, your status in that regard? Are you living off of your art full-time, or are you doing other supplemental things as well? Well, I don't think anybody is just living off of their art full-time. I think that, I think that especially now, music is kind of like the soundtrack to a lot of people's, you know, it's the backdrop to what everybody else has going on because people ain't, I mean, you're not really, it's not really a lot of, it's no tours really happening. It's no festivals. It's no, you know what I'm saying? So my thing is kind of like, you always got to have other supplemental income. So if you're not, if you, you know, if if you just want to rap and get paid just off of your, your album sales, that's cool. But, you know, I, I don't think that I wouldn't want to just, I wouldn't want to just, just um or or shows or wait for shows to come per se. Um, yeah, but make sure if you want to live off your catalog, just make you make sure you, you know, <laughs> do other things until you build a catalog. I feel like I built a catalog and people still buy my music. So like, you know, I think that even without doing shows, I've been all right. That's what's up. So I heard you talking about how you do you paint as well man mm-hmm. so talk about that a little bit man I, I didn't know you were a painter i mean i knew you said that the last time when we interviewed but i'm just saying like i never knew you were a painter before then so talk about mm-hmm. that man like what are you what how, how how long have you been um like i guess you could say painting as a you know more than just a hobby oh man i mean i think that uh I mean, more than a hobby, it's probably been about, I'm trying to think when I sold my first painting. I sold my first painting in probably about 2017. I sold my first painting in 2017. Yeah, because it's interesting because I started painting in 2015. Oh, wow. Now, you started painting in 2015, but... You had to have known you already had some kind of gift to do that. Yeah, I did. Well, I did. I think if I, I wonder if I would have tried to do it if I didn't already try it before. Because when I was young, when I was a kid in South Philly, you know, my my parents used to send me to art art class on the, on the weekends on Saturdays. So like, I used to paint, and I, I think I got like a, a couple certificates or something like that in art, something like that when I was a kid. So I was just, I was studying. How I got into painting 
I was study I was looking for other types of art where people who did things that represented their faith as a believer but didn't make Christian art. That's all that I was looking for outside of music or rap or anything. I was just looking at like art and paintings and I kinda like stumbled upon, you know, like uh who was it, uh Rembrandt and some, the works of like, you know, Michelangelo and you know, how he referenced, like, you know, the David with the Statue of David and, you know, the Sistine Chapel ceiling and, you know, different stuff like that. So I kind of, like, you know, I was like, man, I, then I started finding about abstract art and, like, oil paint, and I was studying them, and I was like, man, you know, I said, they got some, the stuff they do looks like like stuff that I would do if I was a painter. I didn't, But I'm like, I didn't even remember that you could do that those types of paintings. So I was like, I'm gonna just start. I'm gonna just go to the art store and just get some stuff and and just see what happens. So I ended up getting some stuff and um, you know, about a weekend, I was I was just I was like painting every day, like in my free time. Like I was yeah. painting all the time. You know, I started with I started with acrylic. You know, acrylic dries like really fast, so it's kind of it's easy for like beginners. You know what I mean? So I, as a beginner, I was just using acrylic paint. Then I was like, you know what? This isn't, like, textured enough for me. I was like, what other kind of paintings? And I was saying, oh, some of my favorite paintings I, I had started learning, they were they were oil paint-based, based, like oil paintings. I was like, oh, it's like yeah. more of a heavy, heavier texture. I'm like, I'm like, oh, this is perfect. This is exactly what I'm – the look and the texture I'm going for. It was perfect. So when I started getting used to using oil paint, I just started, like, doing what I wanted to do, you know, just being just free to just do whatever I wanted to do creatively and see what comes out and really kind of look at it. Some people refer to abstract paint as self-portraits <laughs> because, you know, it's you're painting what's inside of you. So when you if you make an abstract painting and you look at it, you're kind of looking at what's inside of you. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. it's a way wow. to get it's, it's a way to it's to self observe and learn about yourself and you know even more. You know, so it's real therapeutic and you know it just it just feels like it 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 gives me a a certain fix that I need in terms of like um, art. You know, so it's 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 kind of cool. Yeah. So what kind of actual piece did you start your first sale? What was that piece? That you that you painted. My first sale, it was a, it was actually a mixed media um, piece. Um, it was it was I can't even describe it. It was like I think it was called Grapes of Wrath. Like I, I think I had like it was like it was like gold gold painting on the canvas, and then it was like red paint and like burgundy paint mixed together, and it was just kind of like brute art. Like it looked kind of like like. It almost has like a, a brutality to it, but it's just like a beauty to it as well. And I had like a I had like a I had like a um, champagne bottle. It was like an old champagne bottle with like a the wrapper on it. Like I I took it off and, and like ripped it and like kind of put it in the painting. Like I think it was like oh, champagne, okay. like a wine, like a wine, like a wine gold wine label or something. And I put it in the painting. And I called it Grapes of Rat. Oh, okay. Wow. Yeah. That's what's up. 
So when you paint every day, like, is that like you just, like, look outside at nature or something like that? I mean, like, what is it like? I know, like, you talk about how you just write about whatever is in your heart or whatever at the time. But when it comes to the painting, what are you finding yourself painting more of? Like, is it, like, more, like, nature stuff? Is it more, like, humans? Is it more, I mean, what is it, like, come, coming out of you mostly? Um, I mean, it's just abstract. It's really, it's really nothing that I could point to in terms of, oh, like, that's a, a building or that's a, 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 a park or that's a, you know, that's my mom or my cousin or, you know, it's just whatever I want to make. It's really not about a locked in frame of like, this is what, this is a, this is a tree. You know what I'm saying? It's just kind of like whatever you feel in terms of like the colors and how they blend. And it's really like shapes, more so shapes and, and um, shapes and textures and just really making something that just kind of like is unique unto itself, really. So just being um, free to put whatever you want to put in it, you know? Yeah. All right. So I want to switch gears a little bit, and I want to ask you, going back to when we were, we were talking about your albums, which one of your albums would you say was your favorite album to make and why? Uh, let me think. Man, my favorite to make, um, probably probably the first one, probably Pages of Life. Um, because, I mean, it was just the first one and just the whole process. Everything about that process and making that project was, was, was great, man. I mean, it was my first retail release. Um, you know, I was actually hearing myself recorded, like my voice recorded on, like, on music. You know, um, the producer I was working with, um, the architect, Jude Gavin, um, you know, he was just a, a dude, like, same age, Italian cat from Italian kid from South Philly, hip-hop kid into into skateboarding and graffiti and, you know, hip-hop and underground hip-hop and vinyl and just a real hip-hop kid, hip-hop street kid, hip-hop head, you know, um, and watching him ch- chop up samples on the ASR-10 and, you know, just listening to many Ripperton out like songs of him play it while he was making like some Italian pasta dishes. He'd be like, yo, you want some? <laughs> He'd be like, yo, you hungry? <laughs> yo, you ate already, yo? <laughs> like that, you know what I mean? So it was, um, and it's food he could cook too. He, I'm, like I said, I'm going to get with him right after we get off the phone. Um, and uh, and uh, the work on some art. So, so just working with Jew, man, and I'm just being a creative genius. He is. He he does, you know, um, graphics, you know, for for advertisement company. Now, you know what I mean. So he did he did a lot of stuff for like you know all kind of stuff for advertisements from different companies, from Campbell Soup to all kind of stuff. So he's just a really creative guy. You know, so I finally, I felt like I had finally found a Christian dude who had, like, a similar type of outlook as me creatively when it came to art and music and culture. He just was an Italian white guy. We was the same age, just with two different sides of Philly. But he was like, you know, we had a, we had a, we had that, 
we just had that connecting thread, you know. So with the with the music and with the visuals and creativity, and, you know. So it was dope, man. It was dope. That project then going to then getting a deal with with the label in L.A., you know, um, Ready Rock Records, and um, you know, getting them flying us to L.A. and you know, mastering it, you know, in Studio City, L.A. Just, man, just me being a kid from Philly, I'm like 19, I'm like 18, 19, I think, at this time. And I'm just like, I've never been to the West Coast. You know, like, I'm riding through Beverly, riding through Beverly Hills, and, you know, we going to, you know, meet with Sway and, you know, Sway and Tech and, you know, link up with them. We never got to link up with them that night because they took forever to come to the studio and we had to leave. But we was there waiting to meet meet Sway and Tech back then, you know, from Sway in the morning. Yeah. So, like, yeah. Sway kind of been knowing about me since back then, you know, just from me having that first project on vinyl. You know, it was like yeah. that that joint was on fire, like, in the hip-hop community, like, on the underground. That It was kind of like, yeah. you, know how, like in the, you know how, like, in the Oscars, like, every year it's like, or every few years, it's like a film that's like an independent film wins like the biggest award though yeah or like gets the get certain attention it may not win an award but it gets certain attention at a yeah. at sundance, sundance festival yeah i feel like that's how my first album was in like in hip-hop or like underground hip-hop oh, like wow. if underground hip-hop was like the sundance festival like my album would have been like beast of beast of the southern wild <laughs> like when that came out you know uh-huh. You know, something like that. Wow. You know, so yeah, it was just it was just a small, intimate piece of work, a body of work that kind of just was getting a lot of attention. It was just getting it just resonated on a on a it just resonated on a deep seated level. I feel like with people on a personal level, even psychologically, because I feel like something some one of my friends pointed out to me, and I and I agree. And I kind of thought about it, too, about my music. I feel like my first project and all of my music, but especially my first project, Pages of Life, it dealt, it went inside of the psychology of the streets. Yeah. Like, it, it talked about the psychology and the thinking behind certain behavior and certain actions. And I feel like mm-hmm. I don't know really an album that really did that, that really touched on the thinking of, of the street mentality and that thinking. Yeah. And kind of like challenged it and critiqued it mm. in a way where they couldn't, the ones from the street couldn't refute what I was saying. Yeah. Mm. You know, so it just, it just, it kind of, it was very groundbreaking, you know, and I'm just, I would, that's why I say it has to be for me, my first project. And, and for those. So, so for, um, <clears throat> so after all of that, and being that you've been in the game for a minute, I'm assuming that you had chances to sit with some of the the some of the well known what we call secular rappers who don't talk mm-hmm. about Jesus obviously at all because they're not Christian. Have mm-hmm. you had um opportunity where you share the gospel and someone actually received Christ from those situations, or have you always found that they always have a reason to reject it. 
Um, to be honest with you, I can't I can't remember really doing like a what would you call it? Like I guess that would be like street evangelism, kind of like just no no no. I'm not talking about street evangelism. I'm talking about like you just happen to be in a room with somebody who knew you were a Christian, and then a conversation sparked up, and they wanted to know more about Christ or or whatever. Or you just happen to be in a situation where you realize somebody they needed to be ministered to, and you started to speak to them about some spiritual things, and that that opened up them to another way of thinking or whatever, and then, you know, maybe it went into that yeah. direction. I mean, yeah, to answer your question, yeah, yes, yeah, <laughs> definitely. Um, I mean, I, I don't have a problem, like, saying their names. Um, I mean, I mean, you, I could talk about state property. I could talk about P.D. Crack. Um, I mean, if P.D. Crack tell you, you know, the conversations we've had, you know, you know, I've, I've definitely um, had certain conversations with him. Um, did, I, did I flat out share the gospel with him? Probably not. I mean, we've had conversations, but we've talked about what that is. But it was never like I was coming to evangelize and share the gospel with him. Like my conversations with him were to get to know him. You know, so that's yeah. not really my that's not my personal approach. Like if I meet a rapper that's not Christian, I'm, I'm not like, hey, there goes what's the name. Here's an opportunity to share the gospel. That's just not my yeah. take. That's not my take on evangelism or discipleship. That's not discipleship to me. So yeah. I'm not saying that it's wrong. I'm not saying it's wrong to see a rapper and say, let me go share the gospel. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. If you're led to do that, do that. But I've never been in a scenario where I saw a rapper and was like, oh, let me, I see so-and-so, let me go share the gospel. Or was in a room with them and got to share the gospel. Now, I've, there's been times where I've developed relationships with people, and we've had conversations, and it got to that point um eventually but a lot of them weren't rappers yeah a lot of them were just regular people you know but um i could say no, like knowledge from clips you know what i'm saying he's another one uh-huh um i would say um i mean he's our well i mean even from even from like philly legends like tone tone love from tough crew or ready rock c dj ready rock c from there was down with Will Smith and Jazzy Jeff. Like, they're both believers now. You know what I'm saying? Okay. They're both from Philly. You know what I mean? So, um, but, yeah, the first thing I emailed P.D. Crack was a, was a sermon clip. That's the first thing I ever emailed him. Like, when we started communicating, getting cool, I was like, yo, she email. He gave me his email. I sent him, like, a sermon clip just to get his I, – I knew it was something that was going to, like, hit him. Like, and it had, like, music under it, like a score under it. It was just, uh -huh. it was ill. And, 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 and he called me like a few days later, like hype on the phone, like, yo, fire, like, what, where did you get that from? That is crazy. Like, he was going crazy. I'm like, yo, listen, I said, I got more stuff I want to send you too. Um, I didn't go to, you know, just a music thing with him. Like, even when I met Malice, or No Malice, even when I met No Malice from Clips, from Clips. First thing I asked him was, I was like, I see you be talking about your faith a lot. I was like, I, I wanted to talk to you about that because I had seen him talking about it already. And I was like, you know, I want to see, like, you know, where where he where his, where his heart is at and his head is at with it. 
and we ended up becoming cool. You know, so people like that. I mean, it's other people I can name too. You know, um, but I don't want to just go down like a list of names. But no, yeah. I got you. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, that's that's cool though, because I've always like wondered um, if I ever had an opportunity to sit with somebody like Nas, or mm-hmm. um, or. I don't know. I'm trying to think of some other ones that I really wanted to. Uh, I don't know. I always had this thing with Nas for some reason. I really wanted to sit down with him and talk to him about the gospel. But, um, okay. you know what I'm saying? I just always felt yeah, something dope. for that. But um, yeah, I have. I'm um, always open for it. I'm always open for it. Like those conversations, I'm open for it. Like I just never let myself lead myself into it. I try to be led by the Holy Spirit because I've done that. No, I definitely understand. And then messed up. Or oh, another <clears> one another one another one that I kinda like, you know, when I first around the time Pages of Life came out and, you know, I took Jude and Rob I took Jude Gavin and Rob Hodge with me to Quad Studio in New York to um link up with Shaheen from Wu Tang. Okay. So we was up in we was up in Quad with Shaheen and from Wu Tang. We actually first went to Staten Island to meet them up there. So me and Shaheen was cool back then, you know. So that's somebody else I used to talk to about my faith too, you know. Okay. So. Yeah, yeah, man. I mean, that's the kind of stuff that I'm just saying I would I pictured myself doing, and I was wondering if there were times that, you know, you had that opportunity, and you know, I I wonder about other ones out there because it seems like, like for one of one of the things that bothers me a lot, which, um. I mean, I already know why this exists, but it bothers me that you listen to um, people and they talk about, let's say it's a show like Sway in the Morning, and he's talking about what are your top 50 rappers or whatever. And then, you know, but none of those rappers will be a Christian. It's always going to be somebody who is in the world who's talking about a lot of them talking about garbage just nonsense or whatever and but it's not going to be somebody quality like yourself or you know some other people that i know that are out there that should be in that kind of a list and Mm -hmm. so my point is that you know it, it just really feels like the the even if you don't call yourself a christian or not christian but a christian rapper because people know that you are a christian that somehow you still get treated as the stepchild, so to speak, of the hip-hop genre. And whereas somebody like Brand Nubian, for instance, that group will be showing a bunch of love because even though they talk about their so-called spiritual beliefs, they also talk about the stuff that the people in the streets you know, are, are feeling, you know, the way that they deliver it. And I'm not talking about in a way that's, like, skillful. I'm talking about the words that they use, like cursing and stuff like that or whatever. Like, it's just because it's always, it always felt like people act like you're not really doing anything if you're not cursing or something like that in a rhyme or whatever. And as far as secular rappers are concerned, secular rappers, I, I mean, that's like... Though. I, I mean, I think it's, I think it's changing. I don't get treated I, like that. I, I, I never really got treated like a stepchild. 
because I was a Christian. Well, I'm saying, like, I know you... No, no, no. I understand that, and I agree with you. I do believe that it's changing in some kind of way. And But when somebody like yourself is saying, that never happened to me, you're an exception to the rule. And I told you that before. <laughs> like, there's, there's just certain people... If huh? I'm an exception to the, that's the point I'm making. If I'm an exception to the rule, there has to be a reason why. So we have to look at what that reason is, because I don't want it to be make that reason to be I'm just so significant. I mean, that's just not my. No, no, no. My, yeah. so my thing is the what's the reason why I'm an exception to the rule? For me, the reason is because I don't make music <clears throat> where I'm preaching at people and I make quality music. I feel like if you make quality music and you're just like, you can have a conversation with people about the gospel. If you feel led to just even preach the gospel in your music in a more forward way, I think that's cool, too. I just think that there's certain people who they just want to, when they listen to music, they're not really looking to be um, hit with a bunch of your religious ideals, like like berated with your religious ideals. I think even if they so, listen in the five percenters, I think when I listened to five percent of rap, they didn't berate me with their ideals. I knew what they uh, believed without them having to berate me with what they believed. I can't think of no five percent of rappers who ever like attacked me with their religion in their music. They, I knew what they believed because they talked about it, but they never. I yeah. never felt berated by any five percent rap. I mean, that's but that's me though. You know, so but I'm saying my point is for people, you know, for people, if they they feel like Christians are going to be treated like the stepchild, I'm like, is, are they saying that but they think that because you're a Christian or is it because the they don't like the music? Because I feel like if people like your music, I mean, they're going to rock with it. I mean, that's, I don't want to just, they, I, and I don't even think I'm an exception to the rule. Because, well, if I'm an exception to the rule, there are other exceptions to the rule. Because even now, like, you look at the dude like Toby, I don't know how to say his last name, New uh, I don't know how familiar you are with him. but I've heard you know, of him. I, I actually listened to him recently. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I mean, he's not everybody's cup of tea stylistically. But, you know, some people, the people, a lot of people that like him really like him. Like, I think he's dope. I think he's different. Um, he's a professing believer, Christian, and he's in a hip hop music space. You know, he just yeah. is on B the B T Awards. You know what I'm saying? Performing. You know what I mean? So I feel like um people are rocking with his music and he's upfront about what he believes in his music. Yeah. You know, so well, I Well, like that, you said you know, I can't speak for that. Like you said, I I do believe that um something is changing and I do believe that people listening to hip hop specifically are getting tired of all the negative stuff that they keep hearing in the music, whether it be how women are referred to them talking about drugs, violence, whatever. And I think that it is something that's changing in, in the, in the minds of people that are into that genre and that that's going to cause some things to happen you know, as far as, like, the doors to open more for those that are professing Christians and who are not ashamed of, you know, telling people in the world what they are, you know. So in that sense, I definitely agree with you. Um, so 
So one of the things that um, I was I heard you talk about earlier, which was actually kind of uh, a shock to me. I don't know why, but it was just a shock that you said you started a podcast. So what kind of um, what made you what inspired you to start a podcast? Oh man, I mean people been, you know. People have been telling me I should start a podcast for, like, the last two years or more. But, you know, within the last year or so, I thought that it might be a good idea, you know, just because of some of the conversations I had with people online, um, primarily Facebook, you know. So I think that those long-form conversations, people want to want to hear it or even see it. Um, so I think that it was – I said, listen, I got access to everything I need to do a podcast, just like I record – songs and albums i can record podcast episodes um we don't have to start out with visuals as well we can start out just audio some of most of the podcasts i listen to are some of my favorite podcasts i listen to are just audio like rick rubin got a podcast his podcast with malcolm gladwell is just audio as far as i know like even even uh who else uh quest love his podcast, I think his podcast is primarily audio. You know, um, they pull from old, they pull from old radio tropes. You know what I mean? So that's kind of like what I wanted to do too, and just really pull from old old radio, like the origin of radio. You know what I mean? Where it was just audio, and all you could do is just listen. Like I listen to audio books. I listen to a lot of interviews. I listen to stuff, you know, stuff like that. Anyway, so. Um, I just wanted to see what it would feel like and sound like if I did one. And I knew I wanted a co-host. I didn't want it to just be me. Um, so I said, I think I want a, a woman as my co-host, you know. Um, and um, I, I was thinking, like, man, who should I who should I get? And then I thought about my friend. That's a, uh, She's a believer from Philly, and she's a professor of religion um, So at a university in Philly. So we kick it a lot and have conversations about, you know, the Christian space and just the world as a whole and, you know, all these different types of conversations that we have, these intellectual um, dialogues that we have. I was like, man, people need to hear what we talk about, you know, how candid we are, you know. Um, and I was like, just come, you know, you know, think about being a co-host. And she, she was down. And um, I said, listen, I'm, I'm booking a session for us to, you know, record our, you know, first pilot you know, episode. And um, she was like, dope, just let me know when. So so then when it was, she came through. Um, my engineer set everything up, and we went in. So we got the first episode knocked out. Um, you know, we're going to be tomorrow night. I'm I'm being in the studio recording, but I'm also going to be editing, you know, editing that first episode with my engineer. So it should be dope, man. It should be dope. Um, we think about calling it There Goes the Neighborhood. Um, <laughs> so. <laughs> so you don't have an official name for it, huh? Well, I mean, that's probably the official name. There goes the neighborhood. Okay. You know, so I, I wanted to keep – it feels organic to me. It feels contained to the neighborhood. But I think that some of my favorite pieces of art that have gone national have been because of how specific they were to their own culture unto themselves. Like, you know what I mean? Like, they weren't trying to appeal to um, a large audience. They just made something that was very intimate, small, and, and specific to their locale and where they're from. 
and 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 then other people. It's kind of like when you go to like a one of one Italian restaurant, you know, in the city. Instead of going to Olive Garden or a chain restaurant like Maggiano's or something like that, you can go to like an Italian restaurant where it's only one of them, small, intimate, homemade food in there. It's very specific and organic and to its own self and culture and self-contained in that way. And I felt like, you know, some of them, again, like certain films that I like are like that. Certain albums that I like are like that. You know, I like a lot of foreign films from different countries. They're very specific to where they're from. You know, so I wanted to do something that's very specific to where I'm from um, and, you know, my neighborhood and really start at home and, and, and starting, you know, when we do episodes where we interview people or have conversations, um, we wanted to be people from Philly first. You know, I'm even interviewing people, some people from my neighborhood. Yeah. You know, so, you know, I just wanted to, I just wanted to, you know, I might do an interview with a dude I had, we had issues with back in the day. And now we sitting down in front of each other and actually talking. <laughs> like, okay. you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, stuff like that. Like, you know, my homie, he just came off from jail from doing 18 years for something he didn't do. Wow. And now, and, 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 and he only been home for like three years. He already got his own production company, and he's doing a film with people like Clifton Powell and all these other people in his film, like Tez the Writer, Cortez. He goes by Tez the Writer on, 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 um, online. You know, that's like one of my good friends, like my brother, you know what I'm saying? Like my grandmom, like, gave him food before. You feel me? <laughs> so it's like, wow. like it's, it's, it's people like that, you know, um, you know, one of the other guys from the neighborhood, you know, Fat Fat, he he just opened up a real popular, um, real popular food truck in Philly, you know, um, called Trust the Taste, you know. So and you know, you know, he turned his life around. So people like that, I want to interview, like you know, Curtis Institute is 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 the classical music school in Philly that's probably the most pre- prestigious classical music school in the world, even more than Juilliard. So it's in oh, wow. Philly. It's in Philly. Yeah. That's that's the that's the school that turned down um um Nina Simone. Wow. You know I mean so so I know I know the first black dean that works there. Okay. So I'm gonna interview him. I know the I know one of the first black female um pianists that that graduated from there. You know what I'm saying? Like, wow. I'm tapped in with people there that are, like, the first black person to do this or do that there. You know what I mean? So I want to have conversations with, with them about, you know, the school, about, you know, Nina Simone. Was it race-related? You know, because they said she didn't get accepted, but they said that same, that same audition period, another black girl supposedly did get accepted. So I was saying, okay, was it race-related why she didn't get accepted or something different? So conversations like that, you know, I want to sit down with, like I said, the black, the first black dean. You know, it's a friend of mine. You know, a black lady from Philly that's a producer at PBS. That's a friend of mine. That's a fan of my music. Like, I want to sit down with her, have conversations. You know, so it's just different things like that. That's what's up, man. Well, um, yo, you, you really... You really have um, a lot of a lot of good things going on, and I can tell that uh, you're going to be making some more some more marks 
you know, with uh, who you are and so forth. Let me ask you this question, man. And, and if you had to tell someone what's the legacy that you want to leave, um, like, you know, just what's the, what do you want to be remembered for or remembered as as far as a legacy? What would that be? Man, I, at this point in my life, you know, I would I would have to say just somebody who stood for truth, somebody who, you know, you know, stood represented his faith, somebody who, you know, just represented his family and tried to do um, the best he could, tried to tried to do what God told him to do. You know, um, I haven't I haven't always done it, but you know that's been my 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 heart's desire. You know, so yeah, I would say that. So so I just want to ask you this too, bro. Like, do you are you married? Do you have kids? Nah, I'm not married. I don't have no kids. Not nope. Oh, okay. Do you have any um, future plans of getting married or or no? I'm single, bro. I can't even tell you about like marriage until I have somebody in, in, in my in my vantage point that I can see who I want to marry. Oh, okay, I got you. It's all good. I remember the one song that you had um, where you were talking about some some female, and um, and it was sounding like it was sounding like she was your fiance or something like that. I can't remember. But no, I probably said I probably said something to the effect of you you could have been my fiance or might have been or something like that. Oh, yeah, okay. Nah, it was, nah, I wasn't engaged, man. Nah, nah. I mean, I've I've spoken okay. on different in different songs. I've talked about a lot of different things in terms of relationships I've had in my past with women. So yeah, if I'm in a relationship, I'm probably gonna. Talk about some things that I go through in that relationship, or even when I'm single, like I talk about situations that I go through, that I went through in past relationships when I'm single and I'm recording. So, yeah. yeah. Well, um, it seemed like it was one other thing I was getting ready to ask you, and oh man. Well, anyway, man, I'm gonna just say it like this. At this point, I know that people are going to want to know how they can find you on social media and follow you and whatnot. So um, you want to drop that, that information? Yeah, it's, it's pretty easy. Just, just at Jafia Life, J-A-P-H-I-A, Jafia and Life, L-I-F-E. Put them together, just at Jafia Life. Twitter, Instagram, Clubhouse, um, you know, when I'm leaving out Facebook. Yeah, you know, so uh, All right. I'm I'm there. If you want to come holler, I definitely holler back. All right, man, no doubt. Um, so I know that uh, you talked about your albums, man. So where can people go ahead and you know cop those albums? Man, all my albums are basically on all digital platforms. Um, I mean, you got, it's not really no stores as far as I know. Only stores I know you can go to these days is like record, actual record shops. It's hip hop shops that still got vinyl of my first album. So if you in a country where they got record shops, it's a chance they may have 
my first album in there. Or you can probably get it somewhere online, um, the vinyl copy. You know, I'm about to do a re-release of it, too, on vinyl. So um, that should be cool. And, um, yeah, you know, I would say everywhere you buy music digitally, iTunes, stream it, you know, uh, yeah, definitely. Yo, I got one more question I just thought about. Um, this is something I noticed. Now, I know that your your music is going to be different because you already told me you're not calling your music Christian rap. It's just a Christian that's rapping. So, but what I've seen for Christians who are calling their music Christian rap or whatever, they're saying, this is, I'm a Christian rapper, this is my Christian rap music, blah, blah, blah. Um, I've not seen where Christian rappers have their beats out there as like instrumentals where you can play it, where you can make mixtapes off of the Christian rappers' instrumentals like they do in the world in secular music. Because in secular hip-hop, that was common where you have the beat separate and it'll be, uh, you know, you have several tracks, several maybe even remixes of the same beat or whatever, and then people just rap over it and they make mixtapes out of that. Why do you think that that doesn't exist in the Christian community? Um, you know, I don't know. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't know what they pull from. I don't, I don't even know if that happens regularly in 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 hip hop. What that people I'm rap sure, over other people's beats? No, that artists release beats for them to rap on. Well, I'm talking about like these instrumentals. Well, let me say it like this: back in the day, and I know that this was definitely happening all the way up until like the early 2000s. Rappers come out with songs, and they will have their beat separate from the song, and that some that beat is just for somebody listen to the beat. So you got the instrumental on the side but you also have the actual song itself. And that was common. That's been common for like since the, at least since the 90s, probably even in the 80s, the late 80s, they was doing that. But the point well, is, well, is that they were... Music is released different now. You know what I'm saying? You really don't have a lot of artists pressing up vinyl, and you saw that back then. Or you had artists where the internet and YouTube didn't exist. So now you got artists, you got people who recreate people's beats on YouTube. You know what I mean? You could you could pull up a beat from a Nas album and it is you say such and such Nas song instrumental and you'll go to it and it'll say remade by so and so. So it's kinda like I don't I don't really hear a lot of instrumentals being released by record companies. I feel like people rip the beat from like the intro the beginning of the song and, and loop it. But instrumentals, by and large, I don't really think a lot of people release that. I'm going to do it now, but it's, you, people going to have to get the vinyl because we about to press up vinyl moving forward on almost every every release that we drop through my company now because I just started a new label, too, called Hartsville Music. So, so I got a couple artists that I'm working with. So we gonna, when we release vinyl, you'll get the instrumental, too. You know, but, you know, I may I may release instrumentals at times on SoundCloud maybe or something like that. But um, I don't know. I don't, I don't think that 
you know, most artists today have fan bases that really care about riding around listening to the instrumental. Back in the day, when people released instrumentals, it was because a lot of people wanted to rap on it. Nowadays, people don't want to rap on over a little baby beat. I mean, unless they want to, like, if you got a new artist, he may want to do a freestyle over a little baby beat with him harmonizing. But the type of music that's made today, like Migos and the current artists today that rap Future and all of them, you really don't have, they really don't have the kind of music that you really want to ride around and come up with a song off their instrumental. You know what I mean? So I don't, yeah. I don't think that, I don't think a lot of artists today, they don't come from that cloth. They don't come from that old school cloth of hip hop. This is a whole new era. Like, the way music is consumed is even different. So it's a completely yeah. different thing. But yeah, like I got to, I got to get over to the studio before it gets too late, but I didn't, I didn't want to, you know, cut it short too quick. Okay. I wanted to make sure we All had right. a chance to talk. What's up, family? This is Norman. Thanks for listening to New Numa. We appreciate you, and that includes your feedback. What do you like most about the podcast? What are your favorite subjects? What types of guests would you like to hear more? Shoot us an email today at new.numa.podcast at gmail.com. And let us know your thoughts. Peace.